Welcome to the Contagious Hope Podcast, where we believe that things don't just happen by chance, but that God is working in every detail of life. We believe, like the Bible says, that he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. So he's not done with you yet, and there is much hope to be had as we seek out the abundant life Jesus promised and daily move closer to our heavenly home. So with that said, let's jump right in to our next episode of Contagious Hope. and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for spending some valuable time with me on this Contagious Hope podcast. Let me do the very most important thing first. Let me pray. Father, we give you all praise and glory. You are the creator of all the earth. You know all the answers. Jesus, you are the answer to all the world's troubles, and there are so many troubles out there. Uh, So Holy Spirit, come into this time and help us to dive into your precious word that is the absolute North Star, the GPS for our lives. Lord, you are everything to us. We can do nothing outside of the vine. Jesus, your grace gives us all the hope we would ever need and the only hope that we would ever have. Um, So thank you for dying for us. Father, you glorify your name, Lord, through us and through our lives. Uh, We want you to receive the glory. We don't want the glory. We don't deserve the glory. You deserve all the glory and the praise. So Jesus, we love you. We give you our lives, Father. We want to be sold out. We want to be dedicated to you. That's our heart's desire. Lord, so bless us tonight as we study this good word uh, from your word. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, when I get up to talk to a group of people, I just think it's the most, I don't think, I know it's the most important thing that I say, Lord, would you just um, just speak? And a lot of people do this when they get up to talk. Would you just speak tonight through us? And the truth is he will, because he's going to speak through his word. That's what God does. His word is not just a uh, book of suggestions. It is the almighty, living, breathing Word of God. The Bible says that God's Word will not return to Him void uh, in Isaiah, and I believe that. And so, again, I've said this a thousand times. I'll say it a bunch more. If all you do is listen to me read the Word of God, then praise His name because it's by far the most valuable thing that I can give you when you tune into uh, some contagious hope. So <clears throat> love you guys and gals. Thanks for spending time with me tonight. I say tonight, it's night where I am. You may be listening to this, to this in the morning. Um, okay. So we're in first Samuel 11. We're going through the book of first and second Samuel. We're taking a couple chapters at a time. And the theme of tonight is how do you handle success? So when I ask you that, how do you handle success? There's been times in all of our lives <clears throat> whether it was a at bat in Little League where we got the big hit, whether it was the spelling bee when we spelled the final word right, whether it was our little, little girl that we have a crush on saying yes if, when we were in high school when we asked out on a date uh, or whatever. I, it, it, maybe you're, you're, you open your own business and now it's a smashing success. Uh, and so how do you handle success? And the reason why that's important is because you see a lot about people's character when you um, discern how they handle success that they may have. 
And so tonight we're going to talk about Saul again, King Saul, the first king of Israel, and how he started small. He started small in his own eyes, and then we'll see as the story unfolds in the coming weeks uh, how God, him, how Saul, excuse me, handles the success that God's given him. So let's turn to 1 Samuel 11. Tonight we're doing a little bit different. I'm going to read and then comment as we read. So let's jump right in. Nahash, the Ammonite, the Ammonite went up and besieged Jabesh Gilead. All the men of Jabesh said to him, make a treaty with us and we will be subject to you. But Nahash, the Ammonite replied, I will make a treaty with you only on the condition that I gouge out the right eye of every one of you and so bring despair grace on all Israel. Now, y'all listen, we think our times are rough. We think our times are rough because there's, you know, trash on the movies or because Congress passed a law that we don't agree with. I want you to consider what's going on here. The Ammonite uh, uh, ruler came to besiege Jabesh Gilead, which is a <clears throat> city in Israel. And he says, the only way I'll make a tree with you is to gouge out the right eye of every one of you. Now, that's a lot heavier than most anything that you'll face today. Like you may face an extra red light or some extra taxes that you've got to pay, but you're not having somebody threaten to gouge out your right eye. These are barbaric times uh, that, the, that the Israelites are living in. Verse 3, the elders of Jabesh said to him, give us seven days so we can send messengers throughout Israel. If no one comes to rescue us, we will surrender to you, which sounds like an odd plea. Uh, an odd uh, bargaining. They don't really have anything to bargain. This guy's like besieging them. And this if this guy wants to do what he wants to do, who's going to stop him? They're like, oh, give us like seven days to see if we can get somebody to come fight you, uh, which is odd to me. Um, when the messengers came to Gibeah of Saul and reported these terms to the people, they all wept aloud. Of course they did. Then Saul was just then Saul was returning from the fields behind his oxen, and he asked, What is wrong with everyone? Why are they all weeping? And then they repeated to him what the men of Jabesh had said. When Saul heard their words, the Spirit of God came powerfully on him, and he burned with anger. Don't miss that. The Spirit of God came powerfully on Saul, and what happened? He got angry. The Spirit of God sometimes makes us angry. We need to be angry about the right things. If you've seen The Sound of Freedom, the new movie about child trafficking, that is something that needs to get your ire up from like deep in your gut. And the Holy Spirit needs to create in you an anger that wants to fight evil. Now, remember, Ephesians says that our, our war is not against flesh and blood. Our war is against the rulers, the authorities, the powers in this dark world. Uh, so our battle is against Satan and his minions. But you need to get angry about that. There was a time that Jesus turned over the tables in the temple because they were using it as a uh, marketplace instead of a house of prayer. I I'm asking you, are you turning over tables right now? Are you angry about something that's the right thing? Now, again, don't hear me say, oh, all Christians need to go around angry all the time, because most of the time Jesus touched babies and helped children and blessed people and was gentle and was kind. But it's just interesting that because sometimes there's a time to fight, the Spirit of God comes on Saul, and the first thing that happens is he gets angry. When the Spirit comes on people in the Old Testament like this, um, they usually two things happen. One, they get angry. <laughs> and number two, they become extremely courageous. Okay. And the New Testament, same thing. They don't always become angry, but they become extremely bold. 
And so, verse 7, he took a pair of oxen, cut them into pieces, and sent the pieces by messengers throughout Israel, proclaiming, this is what will be done to the oxen of anyone who does not follow Saul and Samuel. Now listen to what happens. It's interesting. Then the terror of the Lord, the terror of the Lord, fell on the people, and they came together as one. The terror of the Lord. It's interesting. That's an interesting phrase. Uh, God compelled them through this righteous uh, fear of God, of, of his awesomeness, and this uh, call to act comes on them, and they come together as one. When we are dedicated with some, some righteous anger, so to speak, to fight evil, guess what happened? God unifies us. And we, we, we battle. We're, we've been talking about different causes that, that we might have, that we might face as Christians in this, in this dark world that's passing away and dying, by the way. So if you don't have Jesus, um, there's grace for you. There's mercy for you. There's mercy. Uh, the Bible says God's mercy is new every morning. So if you know Jesus is Savior, um, Jesus who said, hey, don't worry about tomorrow for each day has enough trouble of its own says basically when he's saying, hey, I have a new mercy and lamentations, says his mercies are new every morning. He says, I have a new mercy for you today, a special anointed recipe that I have created for you to get through the hardship that you're going through today. Now, hardship can't get to you unless it goes through God. And I'm talking to believers here. If you're not a believer, then get to know Jesus because the Holy Spirit lives in your heart and will help you through all of your battles and all of your struggles and all of your worries and all of your anxieties. Not that Christians don't have those things, but we have the advantage of having new mercy every morning, a special accountants for the day, mercy for the day's challenges we're going to face. And Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow because you're going to get a new dose of mercy to fight the exact thing that's going to come at you tomorrow, right? Because the Bible says that the devil is a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. So that it is a battle every day. Anyway, then the terror of the Lord fell on the people and they came out and they came together as one. When Saul mustered them at Bezek, the men of Israel numbered 300,000 and those of Judah 30,000. Now, Kyle Field, where Texas A&M plays, that's my favorite football team, holds about 110,000 people, give or take a little bit less, but right out. And so this is like uh, about three times the amount of people that Kyle Field holds, which is crazy because that stadium is loud and packed and rocking. And more than most cities, you think about 100,000 people, that's more than most cities have. Uh, and this is three times that. Uh, these armies back in the Old Testament are unreal how big they were. And just remember that number because there's a lot of support for Saul because he comes out humble. And people want to follow servant leaders. They want to follow humility. Verse 9, they told the messengers who had come, say to the men of Jabesh Gilead, by the time the sun is hot tomorrow, you will be rescued. When the messengers went and reported this to the men of Jabesh, they were elated. They said to the Ammonites, tomorrow we will surrender to you, and you can do to us whatever you like. The next day Saul separated his men into three divisions during the last watch of the night. They broke into the camp of the Ammonites and slaughtered them until the heat of the day. Those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. Oh, that's a beaten. The people then said to Samuel, Who was it that asked, Shall Saul reign over us? Turn these men over to us, that we may put them to death. But Saul said, No one will be put to death today. 
For this day, the Lord has rescued Israel. Saul sees the bigger picture. It's about God. It's about God's rescue. He's not thinking about himself. Yeah, put those scoundrels to death that didn't want me to be king. Yeah, let's go find those rascals. That, you know, so often is what we want. We want to get revenge or we want retribution. And and Samuel, um, excuse me, and Saul is uh, starting out beautifully. He, he is humble, he's powerful, he's courageous, but he knows where his help comes from. And he says, hey, no one's going to be put to death today. Let's rejoice and celebrate what God has done, which is our job as believers. Let's just celebrate every day what God has done. Then Samuel said to the people, come, let us go to Gilgal and there renew the kingship. So all the people went to Gilgal and made Saul king in the presence of the Lord. There they sacrificed fellowship offerings before the Lord and Saul and all the Israelites held a great celebration. Listen, times are good. First Samuel 11, Saul is humble. He is getting a following of 300,000 plus uh, warriors that are following him, a great and powerful army. He has Samuel and his, his right-hand man, who Samuel's a prophet and, and powerful in word and speech. Things are good. Things are good. And some of you may be in that place where you are reliant and needy upon God. You're, you're leaning into him. You're begging the Holy Spirit to deepen your faith and deepen your love for God. I mean, do you understand? I, mean, I just actually want to just ask, do you love God? I think we, those of us who have been in church all our lives, we're like, oh, of course we love God. No, but really, like, like you love your spouse. You love them. You do anything for them. You just love being with them, love talking to them. You love just hearing their voice. When they're asleep at night, you'll look over and, and just hear them breathe and just Think about what a, a precious soul they are and what a gift they are to you. Um, you love holding their hand. You love touching them. You love um, intimacy with them. You love them. You love them. Do you have feelings like that for God? That you just adore him? And not just for what he's giving you or what he could give you. Um, I think everybody... <laughs> Quote unquote, loves God in the in the trenches, so to speak, or when they're in battle, or when they don't want something bad to happen. Oh Lord, rescue me! We call out, but but do you just on a day to day, like on the regular? Do you just do you just think about how much you love and adore God? So things are going well for Samuel uh, and and Saul, and especially Saul in First Samuel eleven, our new king of Israel. Then 1 Samuel 12, some things start to happen and things start to start to turn. Samuel said to all Israel, I have listened to everything you said to me and have set a king over you. Now you have a king as your leader. As for me, I am old and gray and my sons are here with you. I have been your leader from my youth until this day. Here I stand. Testify me against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Who have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? From whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes? If I have done any of these things, I will make it right. Samuel, in good conscience, can stand in front of the whole nation of the Israel. Don't, don't be, get lost on this. And say, if anyone can tell me anything that I have done as a leader that's unjust, anything that's unjust or selfish, bring it up now. And I'll make it right. That's incredible. I don't know if any leader that I've ever followed could stand up, even the old baseball coach could stand up and say, 
Hey, if there's anything that I've done where I was unkind, unfair, unjust, where I cheated anybody out of anything, where I you know, said a super harsh word or something, let me know. And I want to make that right. That, that's humble, but it's also uh, what a bold, uh, what a, what a, to be able to say that, what a sweet, powerful, humble life he's lived as a, as a leader and he's a model uh, as a leader. And this is their response, verse four in First Samuel 12, you have not cheated or oppressed us, they replied. You've not taken, any, taken anything from anyone's hand. Samuel said to them, and now he said, okay, now that you've established that I have the authority, the pastoral authority to do this, here it comes. Samuel said to them, the Lord is witness against you and also his anointed is witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand. He is witness, they said. Then Samuel said to the people, it is the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your ancestors up out of Egypt. Now then, Stay here because I'm going to confront you with evidence before the Lord as to all the righteous acts performed by the Lord for you and your ancestors. After Jacob entered Egypt, he cried to the Lord for help, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought your ancestors out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God. So he sold them into the hand of Sisera, the commander of the army of Hazor and into the hands of the Philistines and the king of Moed, who fought against them. Uh, if you forget God, that's what happens. It says he sold them into the hand of Sisera, uh, into the hands of the Philistines, and to the king of Moab, who fought against them. Things start to cave in. They do. I mean, this is easy math. You're either Peter looking at Jesus, walking on the water, doing an amazing miracle, if you remember that story, or you're looking at the winds and the waves, getting distracted and immediately sinking. It is one or the other. Who are you submitted to? Verse 10, I cried out to the Lord and said, we have sinned. We have forsaken the Lord and served the Baals and the Asterisks, which were idols. And so they're convicted. But now deliver us from the hands of our enemies and we will serve you. Then the Lord sent Jeroboam, Barak, Jephthah and Samuel, and he delivered you from the hands of all your enemies all around you so that you lived in safety. And these are some of the judges that God sent to, to rescue Israel. But when you saw, verse 12, but when you saw Nahash, king of the Ammonites, was moving against you, you said to me, no, we want a king to rule over us, even though the Lord your God was your king. Was. That's a sad past tense. Verse 13, now here is the king you have chosen, the one you asked for. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord and serve and obey him and do not rebel against his commands, if both you and the king who reigns over you follow the Lord your God, good. But if you do not obey the Lord and if you rebel against his commands, his hand will be against you. God's hand against you. Who wants that? As it was against your ancestors. Now then, stand still and see this great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest now? I will call on the Lord to send thunder and rain, and you will realize what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you asked for a king. They prostituted themselves. They wanted a king other than God. And when we do that, we do that still today. We're saying, God, you're not enough. You're not enough. You know, we're going to... You you want to be Jehovah Jireh, our provider, but we're going to put a ton of trust in our savings account. 
You want to be our defender, our protector, but we're going to put a ton of money and trust in our ring cameras and bigger deadbolts and that sort of thing as we lock our house up. Now, now don't hear me say that you can't lock your house up. Don't go overboard there, but you know what I'm saying? We've put so much trust in things that don't hold water. I mean, if a hurricane came tonight, it would blow your house down, right? Or a tornado. We get so much, Lord, you want to be our Rafa, our Jehovah healer. Uh, but yet we rack our brain Googling and searching for doctor after doctor and, and cure after cure for the thing that ails us physically uh, when it most likely would be better if we've spent more time on our knees uh, so that God can guide us to the right people and places and ways to be healed. So... Uh, Samuel called on the Lord, and that same day the Lord sent thunder and rain. So all the people stood in awe of the Lord and of Samuel. The people all said to Samuel, pray to the Lord your God. It's interesting. They they didn't say pray to the Lord our God. Uh, that's sad that their relationship with him was not intimate. So they're saying pray to your God. So they say, pray to the Lord your God for your servants that we will not die. For we have added to all of our sins the evil of asking for a king. So there's the conviction that they needed to have all along. Verse 20, do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Serve the Lord with all of your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor thinking can they rescue you because they are useless. All the idols, all the things that we spend time worshiping, we spend time and emotional energy pouring over is is useless if it's not from God. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people. That's mercy. That's grace. Because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. Israel is his little baby that he's raising up. God's not going to turn his back on us. We may turn our back on him, but he's not going to turn his back on us. As for me, far be it for me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. How important is intercessory prayer? Samuel says if he didn't do it, he'd be sinning, right? Uh, you who know the good you ought to do and do not do it, it's a sin for them. That's in James 4, verse 17. So far be as for me, far be it for me that I should not sin. It's far for me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. Be sure to fear the Lord. This is going to come up over and over again. Fear the Lord. And that, again, that's not, it is certainly reverent respect for the awesomeness of our God. Um, but the, the Bible says perfect love dries out fear, which is the unhealthy fear of like he's the big policeman in the sky. So, so love is enveloped and wrapped all into that healthy respect and praiseworthiness of our God. Those go together. They hold hands. So be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with what? All of your heart. I want you to look in your heart and, and consider if there's parts of it you're holding back with all of your heart. Let's just simmer in that for a little bit. Consider what great things he has done for you. Yet if you persist in doing evil, both you and your king will perish. So I guess I was a little premature. I said things were going to start to turn. They're actually about to start to turn in the next chapter or two uh, as far as Saul goes. But, but, but there is great conviction that Samuel imparts on the people of Israel saying, 
hey, I don't care where you're looking. If you're not looking towards God, you're wasting your time. And not only wasting your time, you're prostituting yourself. And that's true for us today. I had a good friend whose uh, husband was going through, was in a deep depression. And uh, she said, we just started doing everything in the name of Jesus. When we got in the car and we turned on the radio, it was Christian music. When we opened a book, it wasn't a science fiction book. It was the Bible. When we uh, got down on our knees and prayed tonight, each each night, it was all about God pulling us out of the funk. And and he went through some things. It was hard, but he did cast all his burdens and his anxieties on Jesus. And and Jesus pulled him out of it. Um, And so, we have we have to just and I do just have to when we wake up in the morning before we even put our feet on the ground say Lord you are God you are Lord uh, you're the boss you hold the reins uh, I don't have any power to do anything in and of myself uh, myself the battle is yours uh, use me today for your glory uh, and for your praise and so that that's it, it's a simple message tonight that we would just live completely and wholeheartedly submitted to God. That's a sweet message. Uh, And as we get into kind of where Saul goes from here as far as his leadership, um, and and frankly, lack thereof, pretty soon, we'll see how things start to go south uh, and how ultimately King David takes over, a man after God's own heart. So love you all. Uh, Kind of a quick one tonight. And um, I just am thankful to call you friends. Thanks for listening in. May the grace of God be up and Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, be upon all God's people. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Contagious Hope. Be sure to follow our Instagram page at contagious.hope.podcast and feel free to DM any questions you have concerning any topics discussed. Signing off for Contagious Hope, where Jesus gives us all the hope we'll ever need.